0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. We are in this series called The Father Solution, and last week we kicked it off, and it was, I think it was powerful. I had a lot of you telling me how much um, it impacted your heart and how uh, you needed it. And today we're moving into part two, but real quick, last week we talked about uh, this idea out of 1 Corinthians 4. We're going to read it again in a minute, but something one of my spiritual fathers, Lynn Harper, said just resonated with me. He started this whole idea. He said, coaches and teachers point the way, but fathers help me go the way. That's right. They go the way. They don't just point the way. They don't just say it's this way, it's that way. They go the way with you. So true fathers are in it with you to the bitter end. All right, or to the good end, bitter or good. Either way, they're in it with you. My dad's here today, second row. Can you stand, Dad, just for a second? This is my father. That man has gone the way. He's still going the way. He's a trustee at this church. He listens to me teach. You want to, you know how, how much that means to a son? Like, it means a lot. Love you, Dad. There's nothing like that kind of support that goes the way. And I know a lot of you, some of you are like, "Awesome," some you are like, oh my God, I wish I had that. I know, it's a sore subject. It's difficult, a lot of trauma in this space. Doesn't mean we don't need the pure version. Amen? We need to see from the Word of God how important this is, how it works, what a spiritual father is supposed to do. I got some flack online. Last week, because it's online, and, you know, I got told, oh, why, why does it got to be dads? Why can't it be spiritual moms? I'm like, we have a ton of those. That's why I haven't said it. We have tons of spiritual moms. Hello? It's very few spiritual fathers. Right? I tell guys, you know, just this is like a, this is how I get out of some counseling appointments right here. I just shoot down ideas before you bring them to me. It's just a thing. <laughs> like, don't come to me telling me That your wife needs to submit to you. Don't come tell me that. That tells me you're not spiritually leading her. Because she gladly will if you were the head. It'd be her joy. (laughs) Yep, not coming to Caleb with that one. (laughs) Let's talk about how uh, you're not actually taking spiritual authority over your household. Let's talk about how your, your spouse is more spiritual than you. Don't tell me to... Don't tell me that she needs to submit to that, okay? <clears throat> Just saying, when I prayed for my wife, I said, Lord, give me someone that I have to keep running really hard in order to lead. I'm not gonna, I don't need someone that's like way behind you. like they're on my heels, like, oh, I better keep going. And I got it with Jamadi. She's amazing. I did. She's amazing. So, uh, yeah, I don't even know. That was free. That wasn't in my notes, but hallelujah. Today... We're talking about loving correction. I know. You're like, yay. (laughs) I love correction. Yeah, I know. Well, true fathers cannot correct without love. True spiritual fathers cannot and will not correct without love. And true children cannot grow without loving correction. This applies to everybody today, okay? Fathers cannot truly correct without love, and children cannot truly grow without loving correction, meaning you have to love it as the child. You have to want it, okay? We're going to read it, but first, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 4. This is the the passage I read last week, but it's in a new translation. I like to give you multiple translations so you hear it differently. Paul said this. He said to the Corinthian church, I am not writing this to embarrass you or to shame you. True fathers do not embarrass or shame their children. I'm not writing this to embarrass you or shame you, but to correct you as the children I love. For although you could have countless babysitters in Christ, I love the Passion Translation. Although you could have countless babysitters in Christ telling you what you're doing wrong, you don't have many fathers who correct you in love. But I'm a true father to you, for I became your father when I gave you the gospel and brought you into union with Jesus. True spiritual fathers see people in union with Christ. That's what we're going to talk about next week. I brought you into union with with Jesus, the anointed one. so I encourage you, my children, to follow the example that I live before you. So again, fathers cannot truly correct without love. And children cannot grow without loving correction. Ephesians 6.4 says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Okay, that's natural fathers and spiritual fathers. I'm just bringing this scripture to show you there's multiple places that talks about this. Okay, we need to, it's not that a father will never make a child angry, it's that that's not the point. I'm not provoking my children to anger, even though they get angry when I correct them. I'll tell you a story. I have a two-year-old named Shiloh. His name means peace, and I will get him to that destiny. (laughs) The other day, he did not want to go to bed. It was bedtime. It was even a little after bedtime. I said, all right, we're going to go to bed. He goes, no, watch TV. I said, oh, no, we're not watching TV. We're going to bed. He goes, no, I watch TV, just like that. Like, looking at me in the face, talking to me that way. Just like this big, you know. No, I watch TV, you know. No, you're going to bed. And so he wrestles me all the way down the hallway. He's upset, all stuff. He's whatever. I'm like, you're going to bed. He goes, I'm angry. Just like that. In my arms, he goes, I'm angry. I am like, that's fine. You can be angry, but you're going to bed angry. You're going to bed. And so we get to the bedroom. I lay him down. I lay down next to him. He's like. I'm angry. All this stuff. And then he tries a different approach. He goes, I don't like daddy. So I don't like daddy. I want mommy. I'm like, nope. You get daddy. He's like, I don't like daddy. I said, I don't care. Because I don't need anything from him. You understand? True fathers don't need something from their toddlers. I don't need affirmation. I don't need a certain response. He's a toddler. I don't need anything from him. The problem with supposed spiritual fathers in the church is they're extremely needy of their children. They need them to carry their Bible. They need them to wipe their brow when they're preaching. This stuff happens. They need them to tithe. They need them to cry at the altar every Sunday because they're actually insecure and don't know if God wants to use them, and that is the affirmation that they seek. I don't need anything from anyone in this room. That should be good news to you. I can tell you the truth because I don't need anything from you. I'm not maneuvering you into something. I don't need you. I don't need to. I have no need of you, just like I have no need my two-year-old to give me anything. I have no need from all y'all toddlers to give me anything, okay? (laughs) Spiritually speaking, yeah. I don't need it. I don't need it. That, you should be happy about that because if I start to need you, oh my God, they didn't come. Oh no. They stopped giving. Oh God. Now I'm like, what do I do to get them? That's not correction. It's not rooted in love. It's rooted in lack. So I'm laying there. says, I don't like daddy. I want mommy. And I said, you're going to sleep. And he laid there and threw a fit until he fell asleep with his face on my face. He did. slept like a baby. True fathers, I'll just say this. Fathers cannot be afraid to correct. They must be afraid of lacking love. I'm going to say it again. Fathers cannot be afraid to correct. They must fear lacking love. It's a godly fear. It's a good fear to have. You know, like the fear of, like, touching a stove while it's hot? This is one of those spiritual fears. It's like that. You should be afraid of lacking love. Spiritual and physical fathers, you should be afraid of that. Okay? I'm not saying it should keep you up all night, but almost. Almost. We have a whole like generation of people right now in the world who are running things, they're leading things, and they have a complete lack of discipline because their fathers were afraid to correct them or their fathers weren't present to correct them. And look at the result. Just check the fruit. Look at the fruit. of Pick a sphere of influence. Pick a part of society and look at the people running the show <laughs> and tell me that that's good fruit. No. We got a whole bunch of churches that have zero discipline. We have tons of people who serve here. That's a, that's a mark of spiritual maturity. Our metrics, we break pretty much every other metric on serving. We do. We have more people serving than is normal. Nationwide average, by far, we blow it out of the water. What's happening? What's happening? We're actually bringing people into the correct way of walking out their faith. It's not correct for you to come in here, receive every week, and then leave unchanged and unmoved to actually do something. That's incorrect. That's wrong. No, you cannot come in here and sit for 10 years. No, you cannot. It's called the resting place. It's not called the lazy place, okay? Yeah, I'm in a season of rest. Okay, those, those only last for a little while because man is made to work, Mankind. I'm not talking about men. I'm talking about people. You're made to serve. You're built to serve. You're gifted to serve. We talked about it weeks ago. Are you following me? So I am not afraid of correcting you. I'm afraid of having a lack of love. I am. I pray. I ask God, please increase my love for these toddlers who are angry. Just kidding. None of you are angry. You're all happy people. I'm just saying. That's my fear. Let's read Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. Um, This is a lot of scripture, but this is just, I'm going to let the word preach for itself here. This is so good. It says, have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? And that word sons is not gender specific. It's children, sons and daughters. Okay. If men can be a part of the bride of Christ, then, you know, women can be sons of God. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. My son, it says, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. That word chastises is actually scourges. It's not a pretty word. It's like breaks the skin with a rod. You're like, wait, hold up. I thought God is love. This is what love looks like. Okay. Okay. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. Say his holiness. Come on. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Yeah. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I know, you're very happy about this message. But you need to look at correction way differently than maybe you've seen it before. It's like, think of course correction. Like, this is the way you should go that has life and life abundantly. Let me help you. All of God's ways are the ways of life. God is not trying to be a buzzkill. He's trying to be the life of the party, legit. He's literally the life, okay, of the party that you want to be in, you know, even being drunk in the spirit is a thing and the side effects are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith and self control. Those are the that's the hangover. Hello? That's the pure version. I was with some people in Orlando last night preaching and we got we got happy. It was great. And I felt some fruit grow on my tree. I feel more loving and kind today than I was yesterday cuz I was drinking with my buddies of the spirit. Not spirits, you know, the spirit. You with me? Okay. So it's going to get clipped up and say, false teacher. Anyway, bring it. It's fine. Fathers cannot truly correct without love. Let me just say this. Correction without love will never be correct. I mean, it sounds simple, but think about it. Correction without love will never be correct. It will never actually get you into the godliness you're called to because God is love. You cannot divorce God's nature from his rebuke. We do it all the time in our mind. We think God's going to rebuke me. You know know how he's going to rebuke you? With love, with joy, with peace, with patience, with kindness, with gentleness, with faithfulness, with self-control. You know God can control himself. He's not going to fly off the handle on you. That might have been your earthly father. That's not your heavenly father. That might be the Godfather. It's not God the Father. And we need to see correction as an act of love from our good, good Father. Just like, you know, you've heard this verse, speaking the truth in love. I have a conviction. You cannot speak the truth unless it's in love. You can say true things, but you can't speak the truth in love unless there's love. Okay? So just like you cannot speak the truth unless it's in love, you cannot truly correct without love. It's impossible. Are you, are you making connections here? I know this is simple, but we need to understand something. If, if it's your time to correct someone, make sure that love is bubbling up first. I've done this. I've done this in this room. I have had, I've literally waited for correction, waited for love to bubble up before I brought correction. I needed, I needed to say something to someone. I needed, I needed to approach someone talk it out. I waited for love. I said, Lord, I have to do that, but I do not love that person right now. Bring it. And I waited for love to bubble up. And that person received the correction. Imagine that. I had to do it this last week. One of my spiritual daughters who's not in the room right now, so don't look around. All right? She was saying something that she didn't. It wasn't even blipping her radar that it was, it was dishonor towards a certain people, towards these people she's dealing with. And I had to put my hand on her shoulder and say, hey, listen, never say that again. That's not okay. It's wrong cannot call them that. And you know what she said? She goes, oh man, I didn't even realize. Thank you for saying that to me. She loves correction. But my correction came in love. And that made her correct her course. Are you following me? How many times can I say correct? All right. The word discipline in this passage in Hebrews 12 literally means this. One who constructively corrects A father should not break a child down. He should build them up. Constructively correct. Instruction. Structure within. Structure on the inside. You're not breaking the spirit of those you lead. You're not making them submissive. You're building them. Constructively correcting. If you're not building something in them, you're not correcting them. Are you following me? If you're tearing things down but not building things up, you are not correcting your children. Spiritual or natural. That's what this word means. It says the one who constructively corrects in order to train. The root word comes from a child under training or strict oversight, emphasizing their ongoing development necessary to reach their highest eternal destiny. I want you to hear this again. This word discipline comes from the root word, word that means a child who's being trained and developed to reach their highest eternal destiny. That's what true discipline does. It gets you to your highest eternal destiny. Destiny. True fathers see the destiny of their children, not the the moment, but the destiny, and they use each moment to get them to it. They don't sit there and react over and over again. They respond out of concern for this person's destiny. That's so much more powerful. You need a prophetic, like, um, picture of your children's destiny, natural and spiritual. You need a prophetic picture so that you can call them into that. Otherwise, you're going to be reacting to who, who they're being and not who they really are. You have to build them into their destiny. That's your job as one who disciplines. Has, I mean, until I just said that, I don't think 90% of you thought of discipline that way. It's so important we get a re, a, We rewrite the story here on what discipline does. It takes a destiny and brings it into manifestation. That's the purpose. I'm going to train you to this. I'm going to train you to it. And true correction will never go to waste. This is a little bit of a sidebar. I feel like someone just needs to hear this. Maybe you're in the room. Maybe you're online. But you know the verse, Proverbs 22:6. 6, it says, train up a child, right, in the what? Way they should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I've heard a lot of pain around that verse from moms and dads who are looking at their kids going, but they have departed from it. I trained them up. And they see it as like it's used as a... Uh, It's weaponized against parents sometimes and against spiritual parents sometimes saying, see, you didn't train them up in the way they should go. Let me give you a revelation. All I'm going to do is read the definitions of two words in that passage. Train up a child. Say child. That's literally age um, of infancy to adolescence. Zero to ten. Zero to ten. From their beginning point to about ten. Train up a child. So you can think about spiritual implications there or natural implications there. All right? Zero to ten. And when they are old, say old. It's the exclusive word in the New Testament for elderly. Elderly. When they're elderly. It's not when they're older. It's when they're aged. Old men. Okay? So let this give you some peace. True correction will not go to waste. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are, when he is old, he will not depart from it. So if your kids or whatever are acting a fool, 20, 30, 40 It doesn't say you've done a bad job. It's when they are elderly, before their day is done, they'll come back to what you taught them. And they might take the wrong way. They might take the long way around, but they'll come back to what you taught them, amen? Does that help anybody? that verse has been so weaponized that it hurts me. So that was just like Caleb needing to say something. Might be the Lord, might not. I don't know, but I needed to say that. So there you go. Back to the anointed sermon here, all right? So, (laughs) The correction, I want you to get this. I want to underline this for you. The correction from a true spiritual father, the father's solution correction is for the love of your destiny in God. A true spiritual father loves your destiny more than you do. They see it more clearly than you do. And they train you there because they love what they see. It's for the love of your destiny in God. Listen to Hebrews twelve eleven in the Passion Translation. Same section of scripture, but I love how the Passion Translation puts this. It says, now all discipline seems to be painful at the time, yet later it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. Harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. Who wants a harvest of righteousness and peace in your life? Yeah, that's what I thought. You got to yield to correction. The father's solution is all about seeing the destiny of our spiritual sons and daughters and bringing it into reality. Seeing the harvest of righteousness and peace in their life and bringing it to pass through correction. No, that's not going to get you to this destiny of righteousness and peace. Come this way. Kids, I don't see a lot of kids in here today, but watching on live stream or whatever, let's just throw it at you right now, all right? You're all like, oh, they can't tell me how to live my life. They don't know. It's not, they don't know what it's like. Yeah, they actually literally do know what it's like to be your age in a family They actually have been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. It doesn't fit anymore, but they have it. (laughs) They can't tell me what to do. Yes, they can. Ask someone who rejected their father's discipline and lived a life in rebellion. Ask them. Ask them if they should have listened to their father's advice. Just ask them. I promise you'll say, I really wish I had. That last part there says, a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. So it's not just that fathers need to give correction and love. Children need to yield to it. You need to be correctable. I'm just going to read this scripture to you, Proverbs 12.1, ESV. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Stupid. Yeah, the Bible is calling some of you stupid. On live stream. Not anyone here. All those other people. I'm just kidding. If you hate, reproof. If you refuse to be instructed, you are an idiot. He can't talk to me that way. I don't feel very loved. That's not loving correction. I'm not going to receive that. you an idiot. <laughs> With all the love in my heart, let me tell you, you ignorant. All right? Proverbs 12, 1. To learn the truth, same verse, different translation. Maybe this one will go down a little better. I don't know. To learn the truth, you must long to be teachable. To learn the truth, you must long to be teachable. Or you can despise correction and remain ignorant. I mean, isn't that the world today? nobody can tell me. Someone can tell me how to live. Can't tell me about who I am. You don't know me. It's all walls based on pain and insecurity, and they need to come down in a safe environment. We need the Father's solution. I just, that statement, you must long to be teachable. I mean, do some, some heart assessment real quick. Do you long to be teachable? Really? I mean, I know discipline is not fun, Nobody likes it when it happens, but do you long for the results? That's where you got to get. You're like, I'm not very teachable. Okay, ask God to help you long for it. Say, Lord, help me long to be teachable. That's a totally legal prayer. That's legal. You understand? I want to read Hebrews 12, 5 through 8 in the Passion Translation. Same passage. I'm just going to let the word speak for itself, you know says my child don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you like oh man i messed up again for the lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love come on that's such a good word the lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love i would not be loving towards judah my oldest son if when he runs out the front door we live on a main street i just let him keep running if he runs out the door into the street and i say judah stop and he doesn't guess what's going to happen we're going to discipline the child now i'm spare the rod, spoil the child that's right i say stop and he doesn't guess what i'm running him down if he doesn't stop by me running him i am pancaking his butt in my yard, because he might get a broken arm, but he won't go headlong into traffic. Some of you are sitting there broken, like, oh, they didn't love me. Yes, they did. That was love. You wouldn't be here without it. But it hurt. Uh Uh-huh. Discipline is painful at the moment, but it yields something if you yield to it. Understand, it will yield nothing unless you yield to it. That's how it works. The Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. I would not have faithful love for my son if I let him run headlong into traffic. That would not be faithful love. That would be unfaithful love. But faithful love runs him down and tackles his butt because he's not listening. And then he gets a pow-pow. Understand? Right there in front of the neighbors. Let him watch. Call somebody. I dare you. <laughs> We got to get back to this. And you're like, well, there's patriarchal abuse. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about correction. Don't pin me with the abuse talk. I am not talking about abuse. Abuse is grossly inappropriate. Correction is needed now more than ever. Come on. The Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Fully embrace. Come on, say fully embrace. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? Like you're like, oh my gosh, the Lord had to discipline me. I feel so ashamed. Have you ever heard of a kid who doesn't ever have to be disciplined? No. Everyone did. Right? We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. I love that we should all welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. TJ, would you come on up for me? It's true that today's world does not accept correction, but true fathers will give it anyway. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.